Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you. Amen. So happy to see all of you here today. Let's all pray together and ask God to bless us, each and every one here this morning. Amen. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We thank you for the privilege to be in your house. We ask you to bless the word of God to our hearts and to our souls here this morning. We ask you, God, to touch every life. Touch us with your word. Let us feel your presence, your spirit, and your wonderful glory. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege to come to the house of God this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Turn to your neighbor, shake their hand, greet them in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. We're glad for all of you that are here. <clears throat> we have been studying about the, the uh, disastrous things coming on the world. And uh, there is a lot of things that are beginning to happen now that we can see a little of that coming to pass. We talked about there were three things that will come to pass according to the Bible. One is that man himself will begin to bring chaos and destruction to the earth as, a, as one of the judgments of God. And the other is that there will be things that will happen with the earth. There'll be earthquakes, tidal waves, uh, hurricanes, as we well know, of course. There's one, I think, this small one that's hitting the west coast of Florida and the uh, Mississippi and Louisiana areas in there, I think, even today, or was last night at least. And, uh, <clears throat> and then we know that there's uh, earthquakes especially, volcano eruptions and all these things. These are all spoken of in the Bible as things that will come to pass. And then, of course, the third thing is that there will be things from heaven and uh, there, will be, uh, there will be meteorites that will fall out of the, the stars. And there will be things, they, they were called uh, things that would just hit the earth. And we know that from science that there has been things like that that's happened in the past. And uh, there's proof of it. I think in Russia there's a huge crater that was created by one of those. Uh, we were in Africa in a, in a place there that were, there was one that hit and it left a great big valley there, and it's still there to this day. And there's animals live in the valley. It's like 3,000 feet down below the surface above. And uh, so these things have happened before, but in the book of Revelation, it talks about them hitting the earth uh, heavily. Uh, it talks about the judgments of God coming and how that there'll be wars, and, there'll be, and we, of course, believe that that will be nuclear wars as well as just ordinary wars. And uh, we talked to you about how the, the effects, how the effects of a nuclear war would affect humanity. And when you get to the sixth chapter of the book of Revelation, uh, one uh, third of the world population will have been killed. And when you get to the, I'm sorry, one fourth. And when you get to the ninth chapter of the book of Revelation, uh, another third, which will be a total of one half of the world population would have been killed by these various things coming on the earth. Now, that leaves the question in your mind and mine, what about us? What about you and I who walk with God and serve the Lord and live for him and so forth? Uh, I've talked to you before that and given you handouts that <clears throat> we sincerely believe that the rapture will take place prior to these judgments of God because the Bible says God has not appointed us unto judgment. Uh, we may per suffer persecution the church has suffered persecution and it could still suffer persecution from the hands of man, but not the judgments of God. 
And now when you read the sixth chapter of the book of Revelation, it talks about those four horsemen and it's called the four horses of the, the apocalypse. Uh, when you read that, and then you come to the end of chapter six in Revelation, it says that the, the wrath of God is being poured out or this is the wrath of God. So we know then that when you're in the sixth chapter, this is the wrath of God. God has not appointed us under wrath. So we believe the rapture will happen before all of that. And there's many other scriptures as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day of the coming of the Son of Man, the eating, drinking, marrying, giving marriage until the day that the flood came. And same thing with Lot. Uh, they were eating, drinking, marrying, planting, going about their everyday life until the very day that the judgments came upon Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, the Lord delivered Lot by the angels, led, delivered them out of uh, the, the, the city of Sodom. So I'm pointing all these out to tell you here today that I believe that you and I, as we walk with God and serve the Lord, need to understand we need to be ready for the coming of the Lord. We need to be ready for the coming of the Lord. And the Lord's coming is very soon. I'm gonna share some things with you here today what God has promised you and I to keep us and protect us and be with us. And I'm gonna give you some scriptures and give you, some, give you a sort of an outline on this. But I want you to know that we're nearing the day in which God is going to bring a wrap up of all these things. Now, I don't have it in my notes here, but I know it's in Hosea 6.2, if we could have that on the screen. And if, uh, I, don't, I hope we have it, we're all synchronized. Hosea 6.2, if our people up there could give us this verse. I want you to look at this for a minute. Uh, there's a scripture in 2 Peter uh, chapter, uh, the, uh, chapter 3, I believe it is. I forgot the verse, 3.12 or something like that. In 2 Peter that says that the, a day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. And then there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says that as well. Hosea 6.2 is what I want. Uh, Hosea 6.2 uh, give us that verse. This is the next verse, if you give us that one. This is 6-1. Okay, 6-2, thank you. After two days will he revive us, and the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. This is speaking of Israel. And Israel is the time clock. It's not the Gentiles. That we are Gentiles. It's not the Gentile world or the church. Uh, nobody, nobody knows the day of the coming of the Lord. But uh, the, the Jews is a time clock. It says after two days, he will revive us. Israel as a nation was scattered all over the world about 2000 years ago. As you well know that the Romans came in, destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD, and then uh, destroyed uh, just about all of Palestine, and then scattered the Jews throughout all of the world. And that's why there's Jews in all the, all the world today. They're still there. And the Bible talks, ex, ex, speaks extensively of all of that. And it says, after two days, he will revive us. The third day, he will raise us up. Well, two days now, if we go by the birth of Jesus, zero date, uh, that ended, that 2,000 years ended uh, in the year 2000, right? <laughs> I mean, 20, uh, and we want to get into 2001. So we are in the third century or thereabout, and our time system is not quite like God's. And what I'm trying to say here is that we are there. You understand what I'm saying? A day with the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years of one day. We know that when it says in the third day, or he were, after two days, he will revive us. It's been 2,000 years. So we know that this is speaking of a dispensational day, not 24-hour solar day. 
So uh, by this, we know that it's time for the Lord to come back. Now, will he come back this year? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Will he come back next year? I don't know. Will he come back five years from now? I don't know. Will it be two years from now? It will it be 10 years from now. I know that we're in the reign. We're in the realm of it. Everybody understand what I'm saying here? And it's time for these things to start happening. Then the scripture says in the book of Luke, <clears throat> when you see all these things begin to happen, then look up for your redemption draweth nigh. And that's what we are starting to see now. We're starting to see things develop. We're starting to see uh, that uh, guy with the bad haircut in North Korea over there showing himself and threatening to do this and that and everything, trying to get a lot of attention, threatening, even threatening America with a nuclear war, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, these rogue nations, uh, Iran is trying, is just about got the bomb ready. They threaten to blow Israel off the map if they ever do get the bomb. It so happens that Israel also has the bomb. I'm talking about, you know, the nuclear bomb and so forth. And uh, so I read a book on all about that. And so it's, I have no question about that they have the nuclear bomb. And uh, so I'm just starting to say here, anything could happen. So in lieu of all of these kind of things that are happening, it's possible that things could begin to happen any time. And you and I have to be ready for the coming of the Lord. The Bible says that at a time that you think not, you think not, everything is going to go long smooth as it was in days of Noah, as it was in days of Lot. They're eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, planting, harvesting. It was just like everything was going on as usual. And then everything happens. And the Lord first delivers his people and then the judgments came. That's what happened in Noah's day. And he put them in an ark and then the rains came. They were spared. He, put, he took a Lot and his family, brought them out of Sodom, and then the fire fell from heaven and destroyed the cities of the plains, which were five of them. He destroyed four, and he allowed the small one, Zor, to exist because Lot says, I'm afraid to go out into the wilderness. So he said, I'll get, leave that little city for you to go in and flee into. When he saw the fire fall from heaven and all the other four cities destroyed, Lot says, I don't think I want to go to Zor. <laughs> so he headed for the mountains like God told him to start with to do. Now, the reason I'm telling you all of that is that you and I, if we walk with God, God will keep his hand on us. What, I have, what I'm going to do, and of course I'm getting into this place about the restoration of Israel, because in the Bible we're approaching that 11th chapter of the book of Revelation, and I'm going to get into that about how God is going to restore Israel and what he's going to do and so forth and all the scripture involved there. But today I want to talk to you and me about this thing about God's protection on us. And I say this because if you walk with God and you serve the Lord and you are his child, God's hand is on you. Everybody with me on that? And I want to give you an assurance today. We all know about the shooting that happened the first part of this week, this past week. Uh, out in uh, Las Vegas and uh, what some 50, 60 people, I guess 60 people now died and some 500 and some odd people, I forgot the numbers, but they, uh, they, were, they were wounded and they're in the hospital and some of them will never be the same again, if you know what I'm talking about. Sad, very sad. And uh, I know there's a lot been said about it and they've thrown that all around, who was the guy and why he did it and everything. But I'm just saying these things will come to pass. And uh, we're living in a day and time, you well know this, where mass large numbers of people can be gathered. They've been having all this. They have had this in France. They've had it in Germany. They've had it in England. 
And uh, they've had it, I think, in uh, I think France a couple of times. They've had it in some of the other countries around Europe where some crazy somebody goes in and does something and kills a bunch of people and so forth. Now we've got it in America. We're not exempt from that in America either. But these are the last days that we're living in and the Lord wants us to be aware that these things will happen. Now, I wanna to talk to you here about God's promise uh, to keep us. He's promised to keep his people. If you've, been, if you've repented of your sins, been baptized in Jesus' name, you see, when you get baptized in Jesus' name, your sins are washed away in the blood of Jesus. And when you get baptized in Jesus' name, then you are in Christ. And when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's Christ's spirit. That spirit is in you. If that spirit that was in Christ dwell in you, so it shall also quicken your mortal body. Praise the Lord. And without his spirit, we are none of his. So when we are baptized, we are in Christ. That's why the Bible talks about the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in Christ is very important. We have to be baptized in Christ and that's being buried or baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in baptism. And then being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is his spirit that is put inside of us. And he said in one place, just as I'm in the Father, the Father in me, so shall I be in you and you in me. So he is in us by spirit. We are in him in the baptism in his name. Everybody's still with me. So we have to be baptized in his name. And if we are, then God has committed his, his protection upon us, that he has keep his hand upon us, and God will always be with us. Now, uh, God will protect the righteous. I want you to turn with me for a moment to Psalms 91. 91, and I want you to look at verse 1. And I'm going to start here, and I've got... Uh, several verses of scripture here I'm going to read to you this today. Look at 91.1 and the reason that I use scripture is because 1 Corinthians 13 uh, 1 Corinthians 13.1 says in the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established and that was also in the Old Testament the Lord said you do everything by more than two, one scripture. In other words the Lord confirms everything have you ever read in the Bible where he talked about him doing something and then turns around and says it all over again, maybe with a, a different, little different way? He is, he is affirming what he said. He, you talk about going through the Red Sea. You find that at several places in the Bible where he talks about children of Israel going through the Red Sea. That's not just said one time, but it's repeated to give us a witness that it was more than just one thing. Praise the one time said. Now, let me give you this verse of scripture, and this is why I use scripture uh, to show you these things. Look at 91.1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Saving time, I'm jumping to verse five. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. This is wars and natural disasters. Look at verse seven. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. The word nigh means near. This is the old English word. It shall not come near thee. This is the Lord's promise to the righteous, those that walk with God and serve him. Uh, look at verse nine. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, Jesus the Most High, thy habitation. You've made the Lord to be where you want to dwell and be close to. This is why church is so important. 
in church, we feel the collectiveness of the spirit of God from all of us together. And there's a spirit of the Lord we can feel in his presence. Look at verse 10. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. And then he says here in the 11th verse, for he shall keep his angels, give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Now, I want you to look at that very closely. I hope that you take notes or write these scriptures down. I'm 82 years old. I may not ever come back this way again. You know what I'm saying? When I give scriptures and Bible lessons and so forth, uh, take these things down because I do a lot of research sometimes when searching a lot of these scriptures out so that I can pass them along to you. But I want you to notice, especially here, this 11th verse, and I'm going to talk to you uh, for a few minutes on this. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. I want to talk to you about God's angels that look after us and keep his hand on us. Go to Psalms 91.11 for a moment, 91.11. And uh, I'm going to talk to you about God's protection. This is God's protection, God's protection, his presence that is always with us, and also his provision for us to take care of us, feed us, take care of us in that fashion. I'm talking about the protection right now. So if you will look with me here in Psalms uh, 91 and... Uh, Uh, 34-7, look at this one. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them. This is 34-7, I'm sorry, I think I had the wrong verse. Thank you. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. If you've got a pen and you've got your Bible, put a ring around that verse. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. And uh, in Psalms 91, it speaks about the uh, 91.11. I think I read that one to you a while ago. Yeah, I did. For he giveth his angels charge over thee. <clears throat> and this one says, speaks about him having his angels encamped round about us. Uh, look at Psalms, uh, look at Matthew 18. Look at Matthew 18. I want to show you this. This is to do with children. Now, God has angels that look after children. And he has angels that look after his people. He has angels that camp around about us. I'm going to show you that in the scripture in just a moment. I'm going to show you a, an illustration of it. When you're in trouble, you can ask God to keep his angels about you. I have prayed for my loved ones. I said, God, let your angels be encamped around about them. Because the Bible says they're there. I can't see them. You can't see them. But God loves his people. And he's got angels encamped around about us. Now, this is two verses that I gave you here where the angels are encamped around about us. This is what it says over in Matthew concerning children. Look at 18.2. And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. Now it goes on to talk about a little child and how that the Lord says we need to be like them. And then finally over in verse 10, this is the protection that God gives children. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven there are angels. Look at the plural form here do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. These children have angels. Now, pray for your grandchildren. Pray when they go to school. Pray for them when they're in school. Pray for them when they're out of school. You understand what I'm saying? Most, many of your grandparents and uh, many of your parents. 
But pray for your children and pray for your grandchildren and ask God to let his angels be camped around about them. Pray that often. Praise the Lord. Because God has these angels that overlook them and watch over them and take care of them. Praise the Lord. And it's found in the word of God. Uh, let me give you an illustration. I want to go, I want to show you something. If you go to Genesis chapter 32 for a moment, this is an incident when Jacob, who had deceived his brother Esau and fled to his mother's people over to a place called Haran. And when he got over there, he spent 14 years there. He labored for his father-in-law. He fell in love with uh, two of, the, of Laban's daughters, uh, uh, Leah and, uh, and Rebecca, and uh, I mean, uh, Leah and Rachel, and he married them. And uh, so after 14 years of working for them to win the hands of these two daughters so that he's got two wives and he started having children by them and so forth. Finally, Jacob had a family of about 12 sons and, and one daughter. And he was decided, the Lord spoke to him and said, now go back to Canaan's land. And he was thinking, yeah, that's where my brother Esau is. And he was mad as a hornet when I left. And he's a big burly fuzzy guy, you know, he's hairy, all that. We heard the pastor talking about that the other day and said, I don't want to tangle with him. And so he started going back to the land and uh, he wrestled with God all night. And God said, I'm going to change your name from Jacob to Israel, which means Prince of God. And I'm with you. I'll keep my hand on you. And as he entered into the land of Canaan, the northern part of it, this is what chapter 32 and verse one says. Look at this verse. I'm going to read one and two. And Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him, met him. Look at that. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's host. And he called the name of the place Mahaneha. And, and then it goes on to say that it means, the margin of my Bible said it means two hosts. So what he was doing was coming into Canaan's land and he saw actually an army. He saw an encampment of ar armies. And he saw them over here. And he looked at them and he thought, and then the Lord revealed to him who they were. And he says, these are God's angels. And he realized that God's angels were going with him into Canaan's land. Now, folks, we have to have God with us in everything we do. Praise the Lord. We got to have God keep his hand on us. We have to have God with us. And if you will understand that if you're a child of God, God has his hand on you and his angels look after you and they look after your children and your grandchildren. That's why I say pray for them because God is able to keep his hand, praise the Lord, on our families and upon our people and each other in the, in the church. You know, we pray, we pray for each other. You well know that. And uh, so if we will do that, God will keep his hand on us and he's promised that these angels would be present with us. Uh, He's also promised that he'd never leave us forsake us. I want you to look if a moment here in, uh, in Psalms 37. Would you look in Psalms 37 with us for a moment? I want to show you something. 37, uh, 25, 37, 25. This is about God will never forsake us. That means he won't ever leave us. This is in Psalms 37, 25. I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken. In other words, he won't leave you. He won't desert you. He's ever present with us. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, 
nor his seed begging bread. I tell parents this all the time. If for no other reason, live for God for your children's sake. Live for God for your children's sake. Praise the Lord. If you will live for God for your children's sake, the Bible says they will never, they will never go hungry. It says here that uh, he will not forsake, it, it says here, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed, that's the children of the righteous. Begging bread. Have you ever seen, you ever seen, a, you ever seen a Jew in a soup line? These guys that live back in, the, these old timers, these old preachers that live back in depression days when they used to have the soup lines, they said you never saw a Jew in a soup line. You know why? Because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were righteous people. These are the seeds of the righteous. You never saw Jews in the soup line. And they won't see your children in soup lines if you walk with God and serve the Lord. Because God will keep his, it's in his word. Now this is what faith is all about. Faith is believing the word of God. The just shall live by faith. It's not just being saved by faith. Faith, you know, we say we're, you know, we're saved by works. We're saved by uh, grace and that through faith. We're not just saved with that faith, but we also live by that faith because we live by the word of God. Praise the Lord. And if you believe the word of God and you hold on to it, God will never fail you. He'll never desert you. And so uh, here the Bible says that, uh, that he'll never let you go hungry. And I'm going to talk to you more about that. But he says here about the children, your seed begging bread. And I tell adults this all the time. He's got a family, mothers and dads, live for God. Some of, the, some of these men that have families and all of a sudden they decide they're going to run off and, you know, leave the family. That's a terrible thing to do. It's a terrible thing to do. Yeah, man, you've got judgments of God hanging all over you. I mean, I don't mean, I don't think there's nobody here like that. So I should, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. You know what I'm saying. But I mean, they're out there. And I, I think that's just a terrible thing to do. There's some of you, some of you, I, I know we got a few people at church here. They, your fathers left you when you were a child. They just walked away. They didn't want to be married anymore. They didn't want to support a family. Just walked away. And I understand nowadays some women will do the same thing, walk away and leave their children. Can I just tell you here, if you'll stay faithful to God and walk with God, praise the Lord and do those things, God will keep his hand on you and he will bless your children and your children will never go. If you love your children, walk with God and your children will never go hungry. Never go hungry, folks. Somehow or another, I don't know how God does it, but he'll always make them smart. He'll always give them a job. He'll always make it happen. Praise the Lord. If there's an interview, they'll always get it. Hallelujah. And I just thank God because God is faithful in all those things. And it's in the word of God and we have to believe it. Look at verse 28. I didn't read that verse to you. It says here, for the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. He won't forsake you. Forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. So if you live for God, he will keep you, keep you. Look at verse 23. I'm jumping back up to 23 here. I'm still in the same 37th chapter of Psalms. Go back up to verse 23. The steps of a good man are, are ordered by the Lord. Now that doesn't mean that he orders, gives an order and that's your steps gonna to have to follow that order. It means that God keeps your step in order. It means that God will order or organize or put everything in order the way that you go. The steps of a, of a good man are ordered. They're put in order by the Lord. 
so that you're not going to make the wrong move. You're not going to make the wrong step if you serve God. If you live for God and you're a righteous man, you're not going to do some goofy or dumb thing. Well, you might. <laughs> We've all done, I guess, a few of them. Amen. But God brings us back out of it. You know what I'm saying? But he, he keeps our steps. He, he keeps them in order so that whatever we do, and maybe you say, well, let's see, I don't know what to do. I'm going to flip a coin, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and so you flip the coin or whatever happens, but it'll land right. God will help you to get through it. Amen. And everything will happen all right. Every, all of us have seen some hard times, tough times, weird times, uh, you know, up and down type, type times, but God always brings us through. Praise the Lord. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise now, that's this in the Old Testament. Let me show you a New Testament verse of scripture here. Look in, uh, let me show you. I think it's in Matthew. Uh, look, in, uh, look in Hebrews. Look in Hebrews 13, 5. Hebrews 13, 5. This is about him not forsaking us. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And I've read some verses there in Psalms to you. Let me show you something in the New Testament here. 13, 5. It says, let your conversation be without covetousness. And, and, uh, and be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, put an underline those verses. If you've got a pen in your Bible, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And folks, put a ring around it, underline it, highlight it, do something so that you never forget that the Lord has promised, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So when you're walking with him and you're serving him and it looks like the bottom falls out and everything goes wrong, that he's still with you. He's still with you. Man, I've, I've gone and picked up my pink slip on the job and didn't have a job and didn't know how I was going to pay the next. <clears throat> hey, I know what it is to live from week to week. I mean, you every, every week <laughs> you get your paycheck, you sit down and you got your bills over here and you got your paycheck over here and you say, I hope I got enough in here to cover these bills this week. I know, has anybody ever been there besides me? I mean, I've been right there, you know. And then when somebody says, here's your pink slip, you're out of a job, I walk away. How am I going to pay the bills come Friday? You know, this is like on Monday morning. It's all over with. They're laying off today. I've gone to some of these factory jobs. I was working up in South Bend, Indiana. I was assistant pastor up there, and I was working a job. And I had to work. And I went on the job. They had a, they had a big strike going there. And you didn't dare cross the picket line. You know what I mean. You guys has been up north in those things. I had all my work clothes on, work boots, and I was ready to go to work that day and work, work my heart out and all of that. I walked there, and man, they got a picket line across there. And if you cross that picket line, you are in trouble with the union, you know, and the, the big guys. So you say, okay, <laughs> see you later. And you walk, you walk away, you leave it alone. I'm just pointing out to you, anything can happen, but God always keeps his hand on us. And this is the thing you got to always trust. When it looks like it's night or black or dark, you've got to believe that it is God and he's still got his hand on you and he's going to be with you in all things. So that's why this scripture in Hebrews is so good, 13.5. Let your conversation be without covetous and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And sometimes it can get real thin, real thin. Praise God. Amen. I can remember, still remember my wife and I in South Bend, Indiana, I can remember us walking down to the grocery store 
and getting two bags of groceries and walking back and being so happy. Snow was on the ground. We had our overcoats and their collars turned up and snow was blowing. It was cold, but we had been out of money and we were out of food and the Lord just made, he opened the door and it happened. And I remember us walking back down to our little apartment together and us laughing and giggling like two school kids because we had groceries in our arms and we had food to eat for another week. Praise the Lord. If you've never experienced that, folks, that's a really a joy. That's what you know when God never leaves you nor forsakes you. A friend of mine said, hey, Myers, if you need some help, you go down here to the Lions Club or there's some kind of club and they'll, they'll help you out. You know, just tell them you didn't. And I got to thinking about it and the Lord spoke to my heart. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. And I said, no, no, I, I quoted that scripture to myself. I said, no, no, God will take care of me. I don't know how he will, but all of a sudden the door opened up. I don't know how it happened. Maybe somebody sent me some money with a check, a check in the mail. I don't know what happened. I can't remember, but I never will forget us walking through that snow and the wind blowing. And we had the two little old bags of groceries, paper bags back then. They didn't have the plastics, you know. And we'd walk in and I'd carry that. And she was expecting Denise. Denise was yet to be born. And we were walking together and just laughing and giggling like school kids. And I'm just trying to tell you here today, God will never forsake his people. Hallelujah. And that's the truth. Amen. Uh, let me give you one other verse of scripture. This is one that missionaries live by. This is one found in Matthew uh, 28, 18. Look at this one. Matthew 28, 19, 18. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Let me say one thing. If all power is given unto Jesus, all power in heaven and earth, there's no other power left for anybody else. So if Jesus is not God, then somebody is left without any power because Jesus has it all. <laughs> Everybody still with me? I threw that in for free. All right. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Verse 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. We all know that there's only one name by which we all must be saved. That's the name of Jesus. No other name is given unto heaven but, but, but Jesus' name. And so the apostles, when they went forth baptizing, they all, without exception, baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why it says name. And notice it doesn't say names. There's no S there. It's name, one name. So go ye and all of them, baptizing them in the name. And the name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son, because Jesus said, I've come in my Father's name. And the name of the Holy Ghost, of course, is Jesus. Now, look at the 20th verse, and this is my emphasis here. Teaching them to observe all things. Go ye into all the world, and baptize and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even unto the end of the world. This is God saying that he is ever present with us, always with us, I'm with you. Now that's, that, that can be you know, okay if we're living in America and everything is real good and we can go down the street and we can go, or if we're young people, we can go back home to mom and dad, you know, if they, and, and all kinds of things. You know, we got you know, brother and sister maybe around the corner, around the block or something. Uh, but what if you're a missionary and you go into a foreign land? You have to hold on to that verse. And that's what this is referring to. Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel, and lo, I'm with you always. And so every person that goes out to preach the gospel, they have to know that. 
And if they have to know it and God is with them, he certainly he's with us because God is no respecter persons. He's faithful to them. He's faithful to us. I never will forget uh, Brother Billy Cold, uh, who was uh, one of our well-known evangelists and preachers, and he was a, he was a missionary evangelist for a long time. Uh, he passed away here a few years ago. But uh, he went to Thailand as a missionary. And Thailand had a few people up in the northwest part of Thailand. He, went, he flew into Bangkok, and uh, he had to ride a train from there to way up into the northwest part of Thailand where the work of God was, the only place it was. And he says, and he told, tells the story, he said, I got on that train, and I started riding, and we stopped at every little town, every little pig path, every little crossroad just about. People got on and got off. And wherever we went, he said, the, the, uh, the Buddhist monks were there. The Buddhist monks. Head shaved. They had uh, no shoes, but they had flip-flops, barefooted. Some of them were just barefooted, period. And, and then they had these orange robes on, and they were everywhere. And he said, I'd sit there and looked out the window, and every time we'd stop, I'd see all these monks, and I'd see the, the Buddhist temple. And we'd go to the next town, and I'd see the Buddhist temple, and all these monks walking around. And they were the holy men. And I just kept seeing it all day long as I traveled on that train going to Northwest. And he said, by the time I got up to where our little handful of people were in that little small church up in Northwest Florida, I was so demoralized and felt so hopeless. I thought, God, how can you do anything in this country? How can you do anything here, Lord, that's so given over to Buddhism? And he said, I was so deflated, I was so disheartened. He said, I just didn't have any faith. He said, I just felt like God, God's not going to do anything. How long am I going to have to be here before I can go back to America? And all this stuff went through his mind. And then the scripture came to him, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Go in all the world, preach the gospel. Lo, I'm with you always. He said, God, if you're with me, you're just going to have to help me. You understand what I'm talking about here? They, they have to really feel that. And it's a hopeless feeling sometimes. And he said, one night in one of the services, just a small church service, he said, a message in tongues interpretation came forth. Thank God for those messages in tongues interpretation we have that add to the preaching of the word. But when he got all through to that, that service, a message in tongues interpretation came forth and said, I have given you power over this country. I've given you power over the prince of this country. From this time forward, many souls will be saved. I have, uh, I have a church in this city in this country that's yet to, to walk with me. Something of those words. And he said from that day on, people started getting the Holy Ghost, started people coming to the Lord, getting baptized, they began to grow, began to grow. And he said, I went back to those scriptures where the Lord said, I'll never leave you, forsake you. And I said, Jesus, I won't ever doubt you, praise the Lord. Folks, don't ever doubt the Lord, but he's with us. I don't care if there's a, some big disaster in America, some big thing that happens. Remember, God will keep his hand on us. If we walk with him, serve him, and, and keep our faith in him, he will never leave us nor forsake us. But Brother Benedict Merchant, uh, our pastor David, went down to preach for him a conference that he had down in Bogota. And uh, he got down there preaching for Brother De Merchant. And it's at a place where the Amazon, there's two rivers that come together to form the mighty Amazon. I think one of the branches is called the Amazon. Another was another branch. But they come together, and they're equal-sized rivers there. And, uh, and Brother DeMercia, they had this big conference there under a big tent. They had 10,000 people there at this conference. 
and your, your pastor preached to these people at a crusade there. And Brother uh, Benny Demerchant told, he, incidentally, he, he passed away, I think, the first part of this year. Brother Demerchant did. Uh, but in the, they had 10,000 people there, and he told your pastor, he said, when I first came here and we first had a meeting on this very spot, this is where these two rivers come together, we put a tent up here. They were having a big soccer game over in the city. And he said, I could hear all the cheers and all the people and all the things going on. And we were trying to have a little church service over here with a few people. And I thought to myself, God, can you do anything in this country? Can you do anything with us? Is there anything that can be done here? And the Lord spoke to his heart, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I'm with you always, even at the end of the world. And today there's over 100,000 people that's been converted and that's walks with God, apostolic people. But from their ministry, that they, I mentioned about the crowd of 10,000, but there's, there's about 100,000 altogether. But I'm just trying to tell you here, folks, that we have to believe the word of the Lord. And if we will believe God's word, God will never leave us, forsake us. I've got about five minutes. Let me talk to you about the provision part because God has promised that he would always take care of us and feed us. I want you to look in Matthew 6, 5, if you would. Look in Matthew, uh, I think you're there in uh, the end of Matthew. Go to Matthew chapter uh, 6, and I want you to look with me in 25. Matthew, uh, verse 25. Jesus speaking here. This is called the part of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus saying here in the 25th verse, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought of your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Everybody reading this? this? These are the words of Jesus. I don't know, maybe there's somebody here that's wondering if God's able to take care of you or take care of your, your life if you walk with God. You know, I've known people, folks, who had, when they got saved, they had to give up a job because of the type of job it was. You know, they, they, felt, they felt they should. Maybe somebody else wouldn't have felt they did, but they felt they did. So they gave it up. Lost some job we'd better give up, you know. So they felt like, well, I got to give up a job, but can I make it if I give up my job? What am I going to do? I don't know how to do anything else. Some people feel that way. And yet, you know, they do it. They say, because I don't want to keep on doing what I've been doing because I know that it's, it's, not, it's not right, whatever. So anyhow, people face those kind of things. So Jesus is saying, here, behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking uh, thought of himself, can add one cubit to his own statue? Look at verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They, they toil not, neither do they spin. Verse 29. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. He's talking about one of these little lilies. Verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today... Uh, is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not make uh, not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or, or what we shall drink, or whatsoever shall we be clothed? 
It doesn't mean you don't give some thought about the clothes you're going to wear and the food you're going to eat and buying groceries and so forth. But take no thought here means don't be apprehensive and worry about it if you're trying to live for God. And I'm going to give you the bottom line here in a few moments. I mean, if you're trying to live for God and walk with God, just say, I'm going to live for God and God will help me in all these things. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 32, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And here's the key. You got a pen, put this, a ring around this verse. Verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's what this is all about. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. <clears throat> and all these things shall be added unto you. And it's in the word of God. And if it's in the word of God, put a ring around it. Say, I believe it, what God said and have faith and God will never leave you nor forsake and he's promised that he would do that, amen. Praise God. I'm gonna read one other verse of scripture here in, in Proverbs 10.3, uh, Proverbs 10.3 here. The Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish. That's in Proverbs, Solomon, all of his wisdom and a statement like that made something of that nature, amen. Uh, I'm gonna read one other verse here and I'm gonna close now through 34.9. Of Psalms 34, 9. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and hunger, suffer hunger. Lions will go hungry. But they that seek the Lord will not want any good thing. You may not have something that you want that God doesn't want you to have. <laughs> you say, I want a Rolls Royce. Well, he may not want you to have a Rolls Royce. You show off. <laughs> he may just want you to have transportation. But praise the Lord, he will provide what we need. Is that right? Don't you love the Lord? God is so good. Let's stand together and let's just praise him and thank him. Oh, thank the Lord for his word. Jesus, we love you today. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to know you, to serve you, to walk with you. Lord, we ask you, Lord Jesus, to let thy word sink into our hearts. God, we ask you to bless this congregation mightily. Lord, bless the morning service. Be with us in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless your main standing.